The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is Girls Talk Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw Dating, preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. All right. Well, happy Monday, everyone. I know it doesn't seem that way, but we're about to turn that around for y'all. I am joined by the one and only Christy Scales and, of course, Aisha Morrison. Ladies, I know after a loss, it can be a little tough. We were spoiled with a month full of Victory Mondays. Uh, a little bit a little bit of a down energy today. However, still a very positive outlook going forward. So I just want to emphasize that. How are we feeling to start things off after what we saw in Sunday Night Football? Aisha, I'm going to start with you, and then we'll jump to Christy. Um, I think I'm in an in-between place um, with some of the things that we saw in the game. I still haven't gotten to deep, like dive deep into like the All-22, but um, I think there's some good things you can take from that game and some not-so-good things we can take from that game that we'll get into later. But overall, I feel like um, I feel like there's some things to build upon moving forward, and I'm not going to just stay all in my feelings about it. How do you feel, Christy? Well, I think when you look at the macro, right, to, to go to go four and one mm. yeah. without Dak – in this uh, stretch and against some some good teams. So it's certainly a positive. Of course, no one would have expected that the Giants would have jumped you in the NFC East standings. So we'll see if they can sustain that. But I have to admit, ladies, that um, I knew it was going to be a very rough outing in Philly like four and a half hours before kickoff. Interesting. Yeah. So it started – as before we board the buses to head to the stadium, we're at the team hotel. And one of the things, there's a little security thing that you do before you get on the buses. And so there's a canine unit. And so before you get on the buses, you're still inside this team hotel and you put your baggage out. And Chris Beam was there, so he, he witnessed this as well. But um, <laughs> we've got our bags out. And the dog that is sniffing the bags whizzes on team <gasps> photographer James <laughs> Bone Crusher Smith's bag. Stop. And it's like, welcome oh. to Philly. <laughs> Even the dogs in Philly have a vendetta with yeah, Dallas. It, oh they, my goodness. they obviously are Eagles fans. Wow. And so I thought, wow, okay, that's a, uh, that's a way I, to start. Yeah, that's a way to start. And so then uh, it's very common that when you walk just across the sidewalk from the uh, exit to the team hotel just to get on the team buses literally across the sidewalk there'll be fans you know kind of near there they put little barricades or rope lines up um, for security and, but there are always cowboy fans wherever we go and they cheer the players and coaches as they're getting on the team buses well this time it was mostly eagles fans and so they're already chanting E-A-G-L-E-S and boo- oh booing booing the coaches and players not just the coaches and players as they get on the bus but they booed Scott Golnick from Cowboys PR. <laughs> what is Scott Scott's just minding his own business. Scott where he Scott. Scott. looking nice. Jim Mauer, our head athletic trainer, looking very dapper oh, in his man. suit and tie. I said, you can get it too. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, whoa, they are really into it. And, of course, it was a party in downtown Philly the night before mm. because the Phillies had won, had closed out the National League, uh, the NLDS. They had won the uh, game earlier on Saturday afternoon. So it was all red for Phillies downtown on Saturday night. And then Sunday afternoon, everything is green. And I thought, oh, man, we hadn't even gotten on the bus yet. And we're already catching all this grief. So. Oh, man. And, but, and, then, and then 
So we get to the stadium, and there are always like some celebrities or local sports heroes on the sideline. Sure. So Joel Embiid from mm-hmm. the six, uh, 76ers, he's you know this, one of the great NBA stars. And so he's down there, and I'm like, hey, you want to jump on Cowboys Radio and talk to some Cowboys fans? And he's like, mm, I don't <laughs> oh, know man. that I really should. I don't want to. I don't want to catch the wrath of the <laughs> Philly fans, you know. So he's a smart guy. He knows where his be- uh, bread is buttered. So he didn't come on, but he was very polite. And we were joking and talking. But he's like, I don't think I want to go on air. Uh, and then uh, First Lady of the United States, Dr. Jill Biden, was there last night, and she's a lifelong Eagles fan. She spent oh, part God. of her youth in one of the suburbs of Philadelphia, mm-hmm. and there she is on the field before the game singing "Fly Eagles Fly," and oh. every time they show her, boo! I mean, you're getting rained <laughs> down. Getting it's into like it. it's like she's one of y'all, you know. <laughs> so it's like it, it hadn't even, got it, no it hadn't even kicked there. off, and it, it it was it was on. And no I was going to ask there. you, what was the energy like? I mean, how was Fantastic. the fan base? Because I know when we were in the locker room and and just all week leading up to it, it was like, hey, rookies, are y'all ready for this? Or are you ready? I mean, are they going to throw things? Are we going to see more eggs being thrown at the bus this season? Like, yeah, what we didn't we didn't get egged. Oh, on that's the way good. In. <laughs> Why do so, you seem disappointed? <laughs> I was kind of disappointed. <laughs> I will admit it. I love the vitriol, you there know, because yeah. in Philly is one of my favorite places um, just because they, they, they let you have it. You know, you know exactly where you stand. And that's from the canine unit before you get on the bus. So, um, uh, but they made up for their lack of egging with their, uh, you know, being loud and sure. a- actually what was really funny was it's the it's the middle was it the middle of the second quarter or middle of the third quarter and the eagles are on offense and they're just about to get into the red zone and the the and they break the huddle they're coming to the line of scrimmage uh, jalen hurts aj brown they're telling the eagles fans to be quiet oh. be- on offense you're supposed to be quiet yeah. right yeah. but the rousing chance of dallas Oh, yeah. Well, as you, mm. you know, yeah, we're yeah. going. And it was so loud that, that the offense had to ask the crowd to quiet down. That's, that's that's what it was like last night. Look, I'll give Philly fans that. They are loyal to their team for whatever reason they are, but they are still very <laughs> loyal. And so I wanted to ask you, being in that environment, did you feel a major massive difference in the crowd energy from the first half to the second half? Was there was there a big drop in energy for the Eagles fans? And how many Cowboys fans ratio do you think there was to Eagles fans? Oh gosh, fans there? maybe maybe ten percent. That'd be Dang. kinda high. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of like over 60% in LA, wow. probably closer to 70%. There there were a lot of Cowboy fans, but they were they were small pockets and they were definitely overwhelmed by the Eagles fans. Mm-hmm. But um yes, it was quiet in the third quarter because that's when the Cowboys started their yeah, right. their rally. But when the Eagles uh, that they had two sustained drives, once one in the, the first half and, and one last. in the second oh half. Oh my gosh. Over yeah. seven and a half minutes. Uh, what was the second one? One was 15 plays, one was 13 plays. Yeah. But that's like that. Minutes. That was the the Eagles' answer. That that was the one that really turned the tide there in the second half. But yes, for for about maybe 20 minutes, it was it was blissfully quiet because mm-hmm. that that's the greatest joy. In fact, I was talking to Danny White, the former Cowboys quarterback, and sure. he broadcast games for Compass Media. So uh, we were talking on the sideline before the game, and he, he always hated playing in Philadelphia. <laughs> he, but he says, oh, the greatest satisfaction you could ever have as a Dallas Cowboy is to go into Philly and quiet the crowd. So they had that for most of the third quarter, but unfortunately Philly uh, took it 
took the game back in hand in the fourth quarter. Yeah, sure. and it's and it's interesting. You know, you talk about that the long sustaining drives, the only two long sustaining drives that the Eagles had came at the beginning of the game and the very end of the game. Um, I know a lot of people are are kind of down on what the defense were, was able to do, you know, against them in those drives. You you know, a lot of people expected for the defense to get those guys off the field or have those capabilities. Um, I feel like you look at time of possession, I think that has a, a lot to do with um, the defensive output at the end of the game. I think at the beginning of, like, in the first half, I think the Eagles threw some things at the Cowboys that, I mean – are unique to them in, in a way that they hadn't seen um, schematically. And I felt like felt like it took the defense a while to kind of get, you know, things figured out. What they did with Micah was actually well, how they targeted Micah um, was impressive to me. We talked about how much the RPO means for their offense and how they play off of it. But I felt like it was so, to them specifically, I think their offensive line played well as well. Got to give them credit there. But – the way that they played the RPO and made Micah have to come up, and it really put him in a place. I don't know if you guys saw his post-game interview, but definitely the most down I've seen him on himself, and you know, yeah. as as a player. And um, last week, you know, we got to shadow Christy. It was fantastic. She's amazing. And walking through this building, I, I don't obviously you guys don't know, but resilience is something that is echoed through this building a lot, and so. For me to actually see it on display to some degree yesterday with, I mean, being down 20-0 in that building to that team and to come back and fight back, I thought meant a lot to this team. But also, too, when you talk about this defense and what they're trying to be and, you know, Micah being the star of this defense, one of the stars, but the prime star of this defense, I think it was important for him to get this teach tape. I think it was important for him to 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 feel that, to feel like, man, like, he I, he feels I think he feels invincible and I know he he plays as though he's invincible. But this is one of the instances where a matchup really put him in a place to where he couldn't dominate the way he wanted to. And I expect for him to respond to that. Well, um, in, yeah, absolutely. So I just felt like I want to mention that I felt like the defense did what they could. I think they I think that Philly started three of their scoring like scoring. Well, they got points in the second quarter off of I think. They started at the 46 was the furthest away that they like the Dallas 46. So they started in Dallas territory multiple times. I think that offensively they weren't put in a, the best positions and they stood up how they could. They held them to field goals a couple times in the middle of that game. But yeah. I wanted to take a quick rundown of the stats because when you look at them, this really does not tell the entire story. Absolutely. Again, we've, we've been on the theme of how stats don't always tell you the entire story of what happened in the game. And so just quick rundown of the stats. Total yards for the Cowboys during this game, 315. For the Eagles, 268. Passing yards for the Cowboys, 181. Passing yards for the Eagles, 132. Uh, the Cowboys had 134 rushing yards. The Eagles had 136. I thought that was very interesting. Yes. Um, yards per play, the Cowboys always had 4.9 the Eagles had 3.9 now we're scrolling down keep scrolling down penalties I know we will get into this a little bit later the Cowboys had 10 penalties for 70 72 yards the Eagles had two for 10 yards and then time of possession we've talked about this really in earlier weeks how that time of possession ends up being key the Cowboys had the ball for 25 minutes and 30 seconds the Eagles had the ball for 34 minutes and 30 seconds yeah. Ouch. But, um, yeah, I, I think this was a game that will make them resilient.
brilliant. I, I woke up this morning not too down, and and uh, it, it took me a little bit last night to let it sink in, really watch things back this morning. Because like Aisha said, resilience is plastered all over the walls here. It's something that we hear uh, after really every game. You hear it multiple times from players, from coaches. And I think with resilience, there comes a little bit of a setback. And surprisingly enough, the setback was not losing Dak like Cowboys fans. And a lot of us even thought, you know, weeks ago when Cooper Rush came in, the sky was falling, the season's over, you know, all all the bad things. And then you look at what Cooper Rush has been able to do for this team these last few weeks. And I really, as somebody had commented the other day, they're tired of us saying, uh, give him flowers. So we're going to have to come up with a new little phrase here. But I really give him all of the kudos for managing to keep this team afloat while Dak has been in in, uh, his absence due to that injury. However, something that that really got me was Nick Sirianni during his press conferences during the week earlier had said, we have more tape on Cooper Rush than ever before, and that really showed during this game. So definitely not Cooper's best game. Statistically, we saw that. Um, And something interesting, too, I think, watching that post-game press conference, Christy, I don't know if you noticed this, being there – he showed a little bit more emotion. He looked a little bit more down, and and obviously so. They they lost, and that's not something any quarterback wants. But what I really enjoyed about those post-game press conferences and, and locker room interviews was that all of the guys still rallied behind Cooper Rush. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. that's important because it's, it yeah. shows you the brotherhood. Yeah. That despite the loss, despite this not being his best game, he is part of this brotherhood. Whether anybody wants to give him credit for that or not, give him credit for what he's achieved and accomplished these last few weeks, despite people saying he wasn't going to, everybody thought the season was tanked and it was over. You, you go back to, we're talking about this uh, pr- you know, before we started recording. Mm-hmm. If you bring back old sound from people talking about this team, the week after the Bucks game is very different than the conversations now. So kudos to Cooper Rush. And um, yeah, Christy, I think it's it's important to, to note all of that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But I think that what last night showed is how different it is for a quarterback when you're having to play from behind. Yeah. Oh, tracking right? that. Yeah, yes, for, for sure. And the one thing that we've talked about the previous couple weeks is the teams in the NFL to, that win are the ones that avoid the mistakes whether it's penalties um, or uh, the turnover. So minus three, just like Dak, yeah. I'm sorry, just like Zeke and um, Cooper said last night, you, you can't, three interceptions, you can't be minus three it's not and expect normal. to win a game. No. And the other thing is uh, people going into the Eagles game were really focusing on Jalen Hurts and the addition of, of um, A.J. Brown and, you know, what they do with their run game and the RPOs, but not enough credit was given to the Eagles' defense. And so when you add a James Bradbury, when you add a Hassan Reddick, I mean, the Eagles have always had a tough front, but – Man, they made plays on the back end, Slay and um, Bradbury with a couple of good breakups. And then um, Gardner Robinson, he had the two um, two interceptions. Mm-hmm. And then Slay had the third one. But um, if you're looking for some positives, the Cowboys did try and follow that formula that we've talked about over the past three weeks of, of sticking with the run. Mm. And sometimes it's it's butting your head into the wall. Yeah. Zeke ran so Yo. hard last night. Yes, I was so excited. He ran for that. so hard. Absolutely. Every one of those yards was hard earned. But what they didn't get were the plays down the field. It, it wasn't you know setting up the play action pass and getting some of the hits. 
uh, down the field uh, or that they got uh, the previous couple weeks. Yeah, sure. and um, that was a that was a perfect segue because we have plenty to still break down uh, coming up in our second segment. We're going to talk all about the bad and what needs work. Looking ahead, and we're going to throw out some positivity here. We're gonna we're gonna talk all about the positives to take away from this game. Stay tuned. This is Girls Talk Boys Talk presented by Jigsaw, the official dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation so you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today, dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. All right, Pepsi-loving football fans, it's time we had a lesson in trash talk. And I'm not talking about that stuff that happens on the field. What I'm talking about is trash, and it's the only thing that belongs in your garbage can. Now, recycling might not be as thrilling as converting a fourth and long, but next time you're thinking about throwing that Pepsi Zero Sugar bottle away, just cap it back up and pretend you're down by six with the recycling bin wide open. (sighs) Know the difference? Make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit PepsiTrashTalk.com to learn more. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And they snap it to Prescott, who looks right. It's not there. He escapes left. He'll run for a first down. Just like football, when it comes to crypto, it's important to have a team you can trust. With blockchain.com, I know I'm in good hands. Since 2011, they've been trusted by millions around the world to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrency. Prescott's going to run this himself. Run it up the middle, and he scores. Whether you're new to crypto or an active trader, they've got you covered. What are you waiting for? Get started at blockchain.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, the uh, all-women podcast of the Dallas Cowboys. And we are presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We're going to get into the game a little bit more. But first, let's talk about single-game tickets, limited tickets for the remaining home games of the 2022 Dallas Cowboys season at AT AT&T Stadium are available now. Visit DallasCowboys.com slash tickets or SeatGeek.com, the official ticketing partner of AT&T Stadium. I'm so excited uh, for another home game. I can't tell you all Yeah, I'm ready. I'm excited. So excited. Um, Okay, so we're staying on the topic of the good the bad and uh, the needs work. We're not going to say ugly because oh, you can say ugly. Well, there was some ugly last well, night. Well, we're not going to okay. say ugly because we got to be honest. You know, yeah. we're we're not a uh, we're not Eagles fans here. So uh, <laughs> if if we we're talking about the Eagles, sure. But uh, let let's get into that because I wanted to start with uh, the bad of the game, what needed work, and let's talk about some of the key plays that you all felt were the game changers. Some of the key aspects of this game that potentially could have been game changers when you look back in hindsight. So, uh, Christy, I'm going to start with you. Aisha, we'll jump to you after that. But what what is the first thing you're thinking of when it comes to game changer for this game for the Cowboys? 
what McCarthy termed the discipline penalties, mm. or should we say lack they of hurt. discipline turn, they yeah. penalties. They, yeah. they really, the Cowboys just shot themselves in the foot with some um, uncharacteristic penalties. So you're talking about, Aisha was talking about Micah, and I think that one at the end that he got for unsportsmanlike conduct where he yeah. was over Dallas Goddard, the uh, Eagles tight end, I think that was just symbolic of the frustration mm-hmm, from sure. the day. And then when Trayvon, late in the game, slammed his, his helmet, uh, helmet there in the end zone after that final Eagles touchdown, again, uh, frustration. But um, as for individual plays, I would say probably the failed fourth down after uh, CD was ruled just short uh, on the third down catch and run. Is that the one that pops into your mind first? Um, so, yeah, that one pops into my head. But I think that the getting the three mm. at the half – and not getting the seven. I think that Noah Brown, like, first of all, the effort by Noah Brown. Yeah. Yes. This, this guy yeah. is a guy you go to in a time of need. He is not afraid. I like that about him. Um, but I think if you get seven there, it swings things for you. I felt like three was I. But if you come out, especially with the adjustments that it, it looked like, you know, Dan Quinn made in the second half, the defense came out flying around, then maybe that conversation is different. Also, too, uh, Kevontae Turpin had a good return um, earlier in that game, and I, it got called back because of Kel- it was a Kelvin Joseph hold that I'm not sure it was a hold. Yeah, that was a, that was very <laughs> yeah. questionable. Very uh, questionable. Call. But um, I think that there, were, like Kevontae Turpin, got you back a lot, like hitting yardage. I guess and you want to say he yeah. had 93, 96 yards rather in this game, and. A couple that return, I think, could have shifted the tide as well. Yeah. Well, but, um, but but in in to your point of that specific penalty on Kelvin Joseph with the hidden yards, that one was actually uh, thirty two yards on that. Yeah. So Ooh. let's he say was flying. So, I'm sorry, it was a third. Um, okay, so Cavante Turpin returns the punt thirty four yards. Okay, yeah. so the Cowboys should have the ball in the third quarter at their own thirty nine yard line, mm-hmm. but because of this penalty. They by the time it's marked off, the Cowboys are at their own seven yard line. So instead of the thirty nine yard line, they're at their own seven. So mm-hmm. that's thirty two hidden yards. Yes. Yeah. Now, when uh, Bill Parcells, the Hall of Fame coach, was with the Cowboys, he would talk all the time about hidden yardage, and he would equate one hundred hidden yards mm-hmm. to six points. Basically, a hundred hidden yards equals a touchdown in a hmm. game. Mm-hmm. So if you do that, that's just a couple points right there. Yeah. You know, that one particular uh, thing. And the other thing is the 10 penalties, yes, that's a lot. But, you know, in the first half at one point they only had two penalties. But when they Fowler's jumping off sides yep, and given the, that. you know, early in the game and it's – On a, a fourth down. On a fourth down when the clock is about to run out at the end of the first quarter and instead of the Eagles settling for uh, – a field goal, it gives them first and goal at the five-yard line, and the very next play, uh, Miles runs it in for uh, yep. the touchdown. Yeah. So, you know, you can't just say, oh, it's five yards. I mean, it was so much more. It was just yeah. – it, it's the timing and it's the quality, not the quantity mm-hmm. of these penalties. That's and, important. you know, I'm glad you mentioned the Dante Feller penalty because that's something I had on my notes here was – 
you're in a fourth down situation, don't give them the easy first down. That is such a game changer, really, for any game, but especially the position the Cowboys were in at that point. Mm -hmm. um, and to your point, back to Cavante Turpin, we'll talk about positives in, in a little while, but I was excited to see what he was going to bring this, this game because he had mentioned to me of playing outside and being able to be in an outdoor stadium and, and how he felt like this was the game to prove himself and, and show everybody. I think he did an absolutely great job. However, you go back to that great run of his, and Calvin Joseph, they, they tripped up on each other. So just the, I think the spatial awareness from Calvin Joseph was was off and, and could have potentially blocked one better field position or two. I expected Cavante to take it all the way during that run. I was fully on that Cavante <laughs> Turpin hype train that he was going to take it home uh, this week. So that's just kind of another silly mistake, uh, you know, going, going into that. Something else um, that I had too was, I'm glad you mentioned it, the Micah unsportsmanlike penalty and then the digs. That's... <sighs> I went back and looked at that. I was asking Matt Owen, like, what what he thought caused that because we we we've seen Trayvon Diggs like he's a quiet you know calm he's a competitor but I've never seen him behave that way I've never seen him get that angry before and I went back to see like I think he knew the play from my understanding it seemed like they they did that play before and he was trying to communicate it was it's loud in there he was trying to communicate communication didn't flow down and so a lot that's I think that's where a lot of his frustration came from not yeah. justifying it but just explaining I I think well, like I was going to say, I I can't get mad at these guys for being passionate. I would be upset if they weren't passionate in this game. However, be passionate in the right way, guys. Don't cost your team uh, costly penalties at the worst time of the game. I mean, there was little pulses for the Cowboys during mm -hmm. both of these two times that were taken away because of those penalties. So I'm all for passion. I'm all for being frustrated, you know, and, and especially in football, you're, you're going to see smack talk. Like, sure. you're always going to see that. But... I, I just think for both of those players, it was very out of character to to get flagged on them. So I, I just thought that was interesting. But um, something else I wanted to mention, too, was Leighton Vander Esch and the fourth down stops. The diving over the top of the pile. That was driving me insane. Christy, we were at Texas Live yesterday watching the game. And it was actually really funny because Aisha was, like, going, going crazy. She's being Aisha. And I'm sitting there taking notes. I'm like... Okay, so he dove over the first time. Yeah, the problem is yeah, <laughs> the guy wasn't up top. He was going, yeah. he was submarining. <laughs> dove over the first time. I was like, all right, I, I'm going to ignore no that. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to yeah. ignore that. The second time I was like, oh, my goodness, I can't ignore it. Now I have to write it down. I have to make note yeah. of it. Well, yeah, but the thing is you have to sell out, right? Yeah. So you're, you're making that decision as it's, you know, and it's a timing it, thing, too, it, which it, is why I wanted to ask you about you, that. You've got it. You, you know, it's like, okay, and that that's your role. That's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. But when they when they slip underneath you, but but you've got to give that Eagles offensive line yeah, credit. They, they oh, play. They, sure. they obviously are the toughest O line that the Cowboys have faced this year. And it was uh, a as, as, as great as great as the Cowboys front seven has been. Let's face it, they have played up until the Philly game. Offensive lines that were decimated by injury. I'm not taking mm -hmm. anything away from the Cowboys defense. I'm sure. just stating facts. Sure. And so it was great timing for the Eagles because they had been 
facing injury problems on the O-line, but they got Mylotta back, um, uh, their left tackle. Um, they got their guard back. I think Kelsey and went down during the game, though. You, he I, had the concussion. He went out, right? No, no, actually, the guard went out. Who, who so so Kelsey, Kelsey stayed. The so, the uh, guard that went out, Dickerson had to come in. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry, it was the right tackle, Lane Johnson, it was that Lane, went out. My bad, it was yes. Lane, it was Lane, Lane Johnson. That was So he didn't play the second half. And he is fantastic. He's all pro Lane Johnson, one of the great – uh, offensive lineman in uh, the NFL, and so um, losing him, you know, that's one of the reasons why it took them a little while, I think, the Eagles' offense in the second half, you know, having to uh, overcome missing a great offensive lineman. Yeah, and I like I definitely felt like the Eagles' offensive line had success in different spots against the Cowboys, but just going back and looking at this game, um, I, again, the same thing I said with Mike, I think is going to be the same for the whole defense, is this is going to be good teach, teach tape for them because a lot of what Philly does is getting you looking a different way than where you need to be. It causes you, because they a lot of their offense, especially yesterday with the run, is contingent on how they run the RPO. It makes defenses have to... When you talk about a Cowboys defense, they're aggressive, right? They talk mm-hmm. about playing fast. They're They're decisive. They were not decisive yesterday. You could see in certain spots, obviously, they cleaned it up in the second half, but um, the missed tackles, the gap integrity. Like, there were, like, um, opposite of tank, like, containing on the edge is something that's been a problem as well. It's just, I think these guys, um, I I felt like they second-guessed themselves a lot last night, and I think that, that's why, but that's also why we're going to talk about the positives, why I'm excited, because I think this is a unique opportunity for Dan Quinn as well to look at this defense and say, this is a this is a problem. This is a problem. This is something that you like a mobile quarterback to this degree, even though he didn't do a whole bunch yesterday, it's just the threat of him being able to pass the ball or just hand the ball off or run. Um, I think this teach tape is gonna be good for this defense because you could see them in the second half once they understood what was going on, they were a lot more decisive. They were a lot more quicker filling in their gaps, communicating better. But man, Listen, they there. It was in and out, looking like guys trying to decide, do I like? And also, too, I mean, credit to this offensive line, the Eagles' offensive line. They got up, got up on these defensive players, got up, up up field and things like that. But it was a battle in those trenches in certain spots. I'm not. It was back and forth. I think the Cowboys definitely had their moments. Uh, that offensive, the Cowboys' offensive line had their moments as well, where they were dominant in spots too. So, and I'm glad you brought up the opportunity for for coaches to to look back at this and learn. I think Mike McCarthy is that's that's a, one of his strong points as a coach is he is going to look back at this and he is going to learn. Uh, something that was questioned too that I, I don't necessarily think we mentioned yet was Mike McCarthy's choice to not challenge the spot of the ball. Mm. Um, that. Uh, from the TV, Christy, mm-hmm. I know you were there. Maybe you had a different view. From the TV angle, it was clearly a first down, and the spot of the ball just was not placed correctly. Um, so I, I think a lot of question was, why not throw the challenge flag on that? And Mike McCarthy actually talked about this in his post-game press conference. So let's take a listen to what he had to say. My experience has been when they communi- when I'm communicated with by the official, it's, it's you know, it, it used, I'm usually discouraged from – challenging that play um, and then when we had plenty of time to see their defense um, which we, we were expecting man and they were in man and so that's actually why I stayed with the call uh, that I did um, obviously it didn't work out and uh, put our defense in, in terrible field position yeah so I personally I'm looking back at this game and it's a woulda coulda shoulda situation <laughs> mm-hmm. I 
think Mike McCarthy should have thrown that challenge flag. Um, I, I don't know if officiating would have overturned it at that point. Maybe maybe there's something with that. But it looked like a first down ball. Yeah. So I don't know what your your stance well, on when when that is. Uh, Coach McCarthy referred to communicating with the official. So that's the down judge. Uh, the the um, down judge and the line judge are on opposite um, sidelines, and it just so happened that it, by the way the guy the um, guys and gals because it was actually the female uh, down judge yeah Rob, Robin De Lorenzo yeah, I saw her. anyway um, she's the third female full time uh, official amazing. in the NFL so she's a, she's amazing. a rookie this year my buddy Alan uh, he's the um, umpire oh. on on uh, John Hussey's crew hmm. and so I was talking with Alan before the game I said hey I want I want to meet Robin and uh, how's she doing it's like oh man she's doing great but anyway um, so. It was the down judge who was right next to McCarthy, and so he's referring to talking to to her, and she said, I had his knee down before he reached the ball out Mm. to where it would be a first down. So when he says, in my experience, when they say that, it's going to be tough to to overturn. So that's what he's referring to on that. In hindsight, sure, of course they should have challenged, but – the other thing is he said that, that uh, they were in turbo when they're kind of in that hurry up and get up to the line of scrimmage and yeah. try and get the playoff. And sometimes it's not hurrying up to get the playoff. You're hurrying up to the line, and that way the defense is not able to make the substitutions mm-hmm. that they would normally make. But they hurried up. They got – they knew, you know, you go into a game. If we're in a fourth and short, this is going to be our, you know, our go-to play. They thought they had the matchup. They did. It was man-on-man. But I tell you who blew up what happened on that play. So C.D. Lamb starts left, and he goes in motion to the right. The ball is snapped, and Noah Brown is kind of right off the edge. And Hassan Reddick, number seven, uh, excellent defensive player for uh, the Eagles, comes in between, gets by Noah, and is heading towards Cooper Rush. And as Noah is turning and Reddick goes by – Noah and CD collide. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And CD was not able to get out on the route. So he's stuck in the, you know, near the line of scrimmage. And meanwhile, Cooper's out there and he's having to throw the ball. I think it ended up being directed towards Jake Ferguson. Is that right? I think it was 87. I think it was 87. Uh, yeah, I think it was to Ferguson. Yeah, it was, it was to Ferguson. But anyway, but, but CD never got out on the route. Mm-hmm. So when you look at it, credit Reddick for um, making the play on that because he totally blew it up. Because by getting that penetration and causing Noah, CD, it was our two receivers. And one of them was staying in there to block. Yeah. And and they collided, and CD never got out on the route. Well, and that was also something that, like, I, I would also like to say about the, you know, just the way that, you know, the play calling was last night and just how things were. I felt like the first like the first couple plays, I was like, okay. Like, you know, CD. But the Cowboys have really struggled on second and third down. Like, and it was weird yesterday because I felt like they kept getting into favorable. Exactly. Like, it was like second and one. He was yeah. like, oh, lit. Like, they can yours. do this. You're yeah. so right. And yes. then all of a sudden you're behind the sticks. And, and what I did see on film is what I was looking at is, what they were doing is, like, obviously when it's just a one-yard play, a lot of, you know, defenses are expecting the run, so they're keying in on the middle. So what they were doing is doing, like, a quick boot, quick out or whatever into the flat because that's typically going to be open because guys are, you know, keying in on that. But what happened and over the course of the game 
is that the Eagles defense, like you said, you said Sariani said, we know what's going on with Cooper Rush. We have tape on him. Yep. And we've talked about these quick, you know, these quick out routes, things like that, like him delivering the ball there sideline to sideline is difficult for him for whatever reason so I felt like those plays in itself were not even though normally those may be favorable in those situations they were not favorable to what this offense does well and the Eagles defense definitely knew those things were coming it just was so frustrating and Mike McCarthy talked about it in the press conference earlier last week when he said how can we be efficient on third downs if we're not efficient on second downs so yes. that was that was something that we had talked about last week and so just another quick look at the stats the Cowboys third down efficiency they were four of ten the Eagles were six of 14 so that much really nobody was doing great on third downs yesterday if that makes you feel in, feel any better and speaking <laughs> of feeling better we're going to come back and talk about all things positive why as a Cowboys fan you should just be excited to look forward to what's to come we'll have all that and more here on Girls Talk Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the official dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation, so you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today, dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. All right, Pepsi-loving football fans, it's time we had a lesson in trash talk. And I'm not talking about that stuff that happens on the field. What I'm talking about is trash, and it's the only thing that belongs in your garbage can. Now, recycling might not be as thrilling as converting a fourth and long, but next time you're thinking about throwing that Pepsi Zero Sugar bottle away, just cap it back up and pretend you're down by six with the recycling bin wide open. (sighs) Know the difference? Make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit PepsiTrashTalk.com to learn more. It's Smoothie King's original angel food and new angel food slim without added sugar. You no longer have to choose between treating yourself and hitting your goals this summer. You don't have to choose between great taste and feeling great. Because at Smoothie King, every blend is made with whole fruits and no syrups. So you can satisfy your cravings without compromise. The only choice you will need to make is which one is best for you. Try our classic angel food or the new angel food slim, blended without added sugar. Smoothie King, rule the day. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jake Salt, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We're going to get into the good uh, of the Dallas Cowboys and Philadelphia Eagles game from the Cowboys, of course. But first, let's talk about NFL Plus. NFL Plus is here, which means no matter where you are, this is how you football. Get live, local, and primetime regular season and postseason games on your phone, tablet. Uh, you can replay games and even more. So, 
head to plus.nfl.com and start your free trial of NFL Plus today. And that is the greatest resource. Look, we I will love be free watching. Trials. I will be watching all of the Lions games this week uh, on NFL Plus. Very getting ready for getting ready for Sunday. And who so. doesn't love a free trial? We <laughs> love free trials here. But uh, you know what? Speaking of the Lions on Sunday, uh, you know it's it's hard not to dwell on a loss, uh, especially like I said, we were spoiled of a month long of Victory Mondays. It's hard not to dwell on it a little bit. But uh, we are here to help you move on. We're going to release all of that negative. We're going to talk about positives of this game because I think there was a lot of good positive things to actually note from what we saw from the Cowboys. Um, a couple things I wanted to mention, game highlights that I, I had just as notes. Dorrance Armstrong had his fifth sack of the year so far. And I say so far because I'm expecting that number to continue to rise on up. Um, we did see the Cowboys run game. I know you touched base on that earlier, Christy. That was great. More of that. More of that every single time. We'd love to see the Cowboys run game thriving. We'll talk about stats in a second. We did talk about Kevontae Turpin, um, Jake Ferguson. I know you're dying to talk about Fergie, Aisha. Mm -hmm. We'll get into that. Uh, and then Zeke. He had 81 rushing yards for this game, but he also broke another record, and uh, he officially hit his milestone of 10,000 scrimmage yards. He uh, is the third running... Oh, there we go. There's a little cheer. <laughs> He's the third running back to do that just behind Emmett Smith and Tony Dorsett. So we love to see uh, milestones being reached, especially for deserving players like Zeke. Zeke deserved it this game, and uh, we love to see it. Also, something else that I mentioned last week about Zeke was that uh, when it comes to him playing in the NFC East, statistically speaking, he has more yardage, rushing yardage, when he meets the Eagles, that still stands. Uh, We're still seeing an average rushing yard uh, of 95.6 yards when he plays the Jeez. Eagles, an average 77.1 of yardage when he plays Washington, and then, let's see, uh, New York, it was 81.8. That's just his average. So Zeke likes to eat when it comes to the Eagles, and, and <laughs> I just had to throw that out there. But positives for y'all. I would say Dak. I got to talk to him on the sideline after his uh, early pregame throwing session. And you could see, you know, he, he had some good velocity on the passes. Now, when I say that he's uh, throwing, he's throwing to wide receivers. They don't have any defensive backs. This, sure. is, this is way – this is before teammates come out to start the real part of uh, pregame warm-ups. But um, talking to him, he said he felt like he had good velocity – uh, notably, he was taking snaps as well as uh, from under center as well as shotgun. So Which that's important, important because being under when you have a broken thumb and you're taking those snaps from the center directly, your hands are up, you know where under the centers, you know what, um, you know taking those snaps <laughs> that can that can uh, be painful on your thumb. Uh, but he, what he told me was, I feel like I'm at an A, but I want to be at an A plus. Mm. I said, is your, is your thumb sore after about 20, 25 minutes of throwing? He's like, no, no soreness. I said, do you think it's going to be sore tomorrow? He's like, I don't, I don't think so. I, I think it's going to be fine. He did have some of that, uh, tape, tape. tape on it. And, uh, he's going to, I said, do you think you're going to be wearing that tape maybe the whole season or certainly for the foreseeable future? He says, I probably will. I don't know that I'll really need it, but at least for hmm. the, I, I probably, uh, have it for a while yeah. moving forward. Yeah, exactly. But we, what we were laughing about was, um, well, Mickey Spagnola and I, at first we were standing together and Dak came up and I was teasing Dak. So I'm like, dude, you're getting more airtime 
in pregame warm-ups than you are during a normal game. <laughs> and he says, yeah, that sky cam was over me when I walked out, and it was over me the whole time. I know it was there. And I said, well, well, dude, do you know, uh, do you know how many uh, tweets and retweets and how many followers I could get if I just put, hey, Dak has his ankles taped? He did have one of his ankles taped, <laughs> but he just laughed. And he he said you should do it you should do it but uh, <laughs> anyway y'all are but, funny but, but he was he was very positive and uh, of course post game he did tell uh, other media members in the locker room after the game that his plan is to uh, play against the Lions but again it's just going to uh, depend on how it goes this week in practice and how he feels so yeah. uh, you don't have to force anything with it but um, if I were a betting person right now I would. I would think that uh, there's a really, really good shot that he plays Sunday against the Lions. Well, luckily we talked about those single-game tickets earlier because uh, <laughs> there you go, Cowboys Nation, pack up AT&T Stadium. Uh, hopefully, we're not saying anything official, just hopefully it looks it looks pretty promising for this weekend. Aisha, what are your positives out of the game? So, um, yeah, I guess to add on to what you were saying, Christy, obviously I think Dak is a positive. I think some of these – these third downs uh, that you need or these, you know, second and shorts and stuff like that that you're not getting right now, I think you have a better chance of getting that, getting those with this guy on the field. Um, I also think that he's returning to an offensive line, again, that is far better than what I think a lot of people expect it to be. Um, I think they they ran the ball well in a lot of different spots uh, yesterday. They showed the ability to do that. But then also, too, um, when they do max protect, when they do have those um, young tight ends in there, they see some, some success there. And I think it's good for them to be gelling to some degree um, as he's returning from an injury like he had, you know. Um, so I think that's important. But honestly, um, another positive from the game, I think that the, the defense needed this, y'all. Like, I think I really seriously feel like this tape for both sides of the ball is going to be beneficial um, moving forward for this team. Um and yeah, uh, yeah. I don't, there we go. Yeah, it's not a whole, it's not a whole, whole bunch. Uh, but I, it's I, something. They adjust. Like I mean, honestly, too, the maturity of of uh, Kelly Moore to adjust in the second half and see, you know, to see what was going on and to to correct that. Also, too, somebody brought it up to me. I didn't think about it because I was like. I wanted the in-game adjustments to be better in the second half. Like, I love that the second half they came out and adjusted, but defensively you could tell that they were just – like, that there was something that was wrong, right? And I never thought about the fact that the defense wasn't really having time to sit on the sideline and, hey, going over stuff and sitting on the bench and figuring things out because they were on the field a lot. Exactly. I never thought about that until mm-hmm. yesterday. So um, credit to them. I think that's I think that's a positive to see that they were able to, you know, to, to come back and, and adjust. And the, the other thing half. is after giving up that um, second touch – down early in the second quarter when they were put in really bad field position. And uh, you referenced it earlier, Aisha, about how uh, Philly had the ball in Dallas territory on a couple of those drives in the second quarter. Three times. To limit them to two field goals yeah. in those stout. two drives, Absolutely. that was stout. That was stout. So also it, it, it was not complimentary football yesterday. Absolutely the not. offense, the Cowboys offense did not help At the all. Cowboys defense. And you showed and, in the last drive, that and, last drive. And again, special teams given 
Elizabeth and take it away. You have the 62-yard ah. return by Turpin, but then you also have yeah. the Kelvin Joseph penalty where they're back at their seven mm-hmm. instead of the 39. So good good and bad for sure. All right, yeah. ladies. Well, it is always a pleasure. I am joined by Christy Scales and Aisha Morrison. I'm Justin Bars. This has been another edition of Girls Talk Boys Talk presented by Jigsaw, the official dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Coming up next is uh, Mike McCarthy's press conference. So we'll see you then. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!